This is truly an amazing part of the country. It's so dry and desolate here. For most people, it would truly be a challenge to live here. Hi, I'm Monty Church, and welcome to the first episode of Native New Life. Today, we find ourselves in the famous California Death Valley area, a place that's known for its extreme temperatures and its isolation. This film is the beginning episode of a series of topics that deals with our daily walk with Jesus after we have given our hearts to Him. You see, it's one thing to accept Jesus as your Savior, but quite another thing to make Him Lord of your life. This is something we all struggle with as we try to deal with the troubles of this life that can destroy the peace and joy that a Christian should be experiencing. We all hit potholes and hard times that can derail us and challenge the closest friendship with God. These trials will cause a Christian experience to dry up and die if we don't know what to do. How is it with you, my friend? Is your Christian walk by chance becoming like a Death Valley experience? Have life's circumstances and problems like the hot sun dried up your joy? even making you doubt your Christian experience? If so, we need to ask ourselves, how does the joy of a Christian living come about and how does one maintain that first love experience? This, my friends, is what this whole series of Native New Life is all about. Together, we'll discover what it means to have a joyful, vibrant walk with Jesus. We will hear and learn from helpful testimonies of those who are now living a successful Christian life. Now, the best advice I've ever received in helping to revive a Christian experience that's run out of gas is this. The first thing we must do is go back to where your walk with Jesus first started and remember the reasons you first gave your heart to Christ. This is a desolate place, but like this good counsel I received, let's look closer even in a dry place like this, to find the beauty that lies hidden in the depths of this valley. I remember when I first saw Jesus' love for me clearly, and then understood His great plan of salvation on my behalf. What a thrill it was! At first I couldn't believe just how much I was truly loved by our Creator. To know that you're individually important to God 
is an amazing truth that will change you forever. There's a reason why you're breathing today. It's not an accident that you're alive. No, no matter how or by whom you were conceived, even if you don't know who your parents are, you weren't born without a reason. God had to choose to deliberately give you His power to even live. Do you realize that you are very important to your Creator? And did you know that He had a plan for your life even before you were born? The Book of Heaven says, Before you were formed in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I selected you. Isn't that wonderful? And He has an individual plan for you and for me today. Just listen to this. I already know the plans I have for you. I will help you, not hurt you. I will give you a future and a hope. Seeing and experiencing true love that you can depend on helps us to understand what God is like. People are never the same when they learn that they're truly loved. To show you what an incredible difference love makes in a person's life, let me introduce you to my friend Ramona McKenzie and listen to her compelling testimony. One of my passions is to help or inspire young people to make better choices for themselves and knowing that there are, that there are, or that there is better out there. There is more to life than partying, than um, being stuck in something that you think there's no way out of. And that, you know what, um, it's possible. And I want to be able to share my story with others and let them know that it's possible. And with Jesus Christ in your life, in your heart, and walking with Him and He walking with you, no matter what, you're never alone. And knowing that He loves you unconditionally. And I want to be able to make the, be a difference and make a difference for each person that I meet or that I don't meet, but that is something that I want to be a part of. I want, I want to make a difference. Well, I have, I think about one third of my class are First Nations students and when I see them, I'm just very proud of them and I think they're very adorable and cute and, <laughs> and I'm looking forward to seeing uh, where they go in their lives and I'm very proud of the fact that I can be there for them, that they have a positive role model that they can look up to and that, you know what, um, they are full of potential and possibilities and that I can be there and just encourage them and help guide them and you know it's just an awesome gift that I can be a part of that. One of the teachers that um, has made a huge uh, impact in my life that has inspired me that 
that I want to be able to do what they have done for me, that would be uh, Bernie and Pauline Lawrence. Uh, they are my uh, ominopi, they are my grandparents. And the relationship with the Lawrences, um, that family is just an amazing family. I was very shy and Anne and Karen took me under their wings because in Thunder Bay they were doing amazing things for the community and for the church. So um, they uh, helped me and because I didn't grow up with having a mom, a real mom in that sense, I had asked Anne if she would be able to fill that role in my life because I saw how amazing she was with Tia. And I wish I had a mom like that too growing up. So anyways, uh, Anne said, yeah, I'll accept. So she, she accepted me as her daughter and she accepted uh, that big role of being my mom. So I became a part of the family. And, uh, um, and the, the Lawrence is the Omi and Opie, the, the, my teachers, became my grandparents. So I moved in. <laughs> and I want to do what they've done for me. I want to be able to give my students the same kind of love, the same kind of safety in my classroom, and knowing that they're valuable too. The fact that I'm living the life that I'm living every day now, it's nothing compared to what I could have been or it's like I'm living a dream but it's not a dream because it's reality and and that's a gift in itself that I'm a whole person that I'm a healthy person I'm a I'm a I'm on a journey of healing and and that's a gift of love that God has given me. But you say, you just don't know how selfish my thinking is and how really rotten to the core I am. I've done a lot of real stupid things in the past, you may say. Friend, God knows all about this, but it doesn't stop his deep love for you and me. Listen to what he has to say. Your whole head is diseased and your heart is sick from the sole of your feet to the top of your head. There is no soundness in you. God knows that we're but dust, yet he loves us with an everlasting love. How well I know this for myself. How about you? You see, we have what the Bible calls a carnal nature, meaning that we are all weak morally to the place that it's impossible to consistently do what's right in our own strength. And we will have these weak tendencies and carnal nature until Jesus comes again. Only then will it be taken away. Yet, in spite of our weakness, with God's help, victory from sin is available to us now. The Book of Heaven says, Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Is this good news or what? Our part is to humbly surrender ourselves and to hold on to him with everything we've got. Listen again to Jesus' words. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. 
Blessed are those who are submissive when they acknowledge God as their source of life and abilities, for they shall inherit the new earth. But then knowing this, why is it so easy to get discouraged? It's because we take our eyes off Him by trying to live a good life in our own strength instead of with His help. If we ever forget that Jesus is our only source of salvation and that it is a must that we be under the control of the Holy Spirit, folks, we have no Christianity. You see, the Book of Heaven tells us that when you understand Jesus' gift of salvation, you will also learn that there are supernatural powers and influences all about us that work day and night to take away this great hope. There's a dark spiritual world present on this earth that's all about us, friends. Like the wildlife that exists here in Death Valley, there are only rattlesnakes and scorpions that you have to continually watch out for. Many people have died here as a result of snake and scorpion bites. It's like so many Christians who die spiritually from the discouraging works that the old devil plants along our way. This is why the Book of Heaven continually warns us, Woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil is extremely angry and is coming at you with great fury, because he knows that his time is short. Hold on to what you have and don't let anyone rob you of your faith and cause you to lose your crown. Friends, what I want to say here is so important. Remember this. Just as sure as Jesus' plan and promise of salvation is a fact, it's also a fact that there is a real Satan and his evil angels called demons that work at harassing us day and night. I have actually experienced this firsthand. I've seen people actually physically picked up by unseen hands and thrown across the room by this invisible power. Satan will use any form of deceit, trickery, or influence to discourage your faith in Jesus. He will give you poverty or even fame if it would pull you away from God. And in down times, he mainly plays with your mind, pushing you to think that you're so bad and so hopeless that it's impossible to be good enough to live a Christian victorious life here on earth. He tries to convince you that you are in no way ready to live in heaven, ever enticing you to give up. But don't let him. Remember, Jesus has won your salvation at the cross, and he offers it to you and me now, in spite of our weaknesses. We just need only to believe and accept this by faith. It is the greatest gift that God has given mankind, and he gives it out of pure love. And you know, it's ours if we continually accept this gift. The Book of Heaven calls it the perfect gift. But you say, isn't there anything I have to do to deserve this? No, you deserve salvation because simply you are loved by your Creator. This love is God's first of His two great gifts to you. The second great gift is the daily help and the strength of the Holy Spirit. All God wishes from us is a humble, teachable spirit. And when we do, He will help us to discover the happiest ways of life. 
You and I are headed for heaven, my friends. And accepting Christ is like boarding a plane piloted by the Holy Spirit's wisdom and strength. As the plane is pointed at takeoff toward our destination, because of the wind and the weather, the pilot continually adjusts the controls to stay on course as we go along. Jesus teaches us that discouragement and fear, like the winds, will come even after we decide to follow Him. Unless we learn the importance of allowing the piloting of the Holy Spirit to continually make adjustments in our life journeys, we can stray off course toward our heavenly home. Our work is keeping our faith strong in Him as our pilot and allowing Him to make the adjustments in our lives. We must not be foolish and jump into the pilot seat and try to fly ourselves. Or worse yet, even open the plane door and bail out. Then for sure, we'll be lost. And so my friends, during the tough times and the dry times of life, in order to stay close to Jesus, we must do what the Book of Heaven says, walk in the Spirit. And when we do, we'll have the power and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit every day and every hour. The gift of salvation by faith in our Savior Jesus and the gift of the Holy Spirit are of such importance to every Christian to embrace. These two great gifts are the keys to having a successful, joyous Christian experience. So just how important is the Holy Spirit to a Christian experience? Let's see what Jesus has to say about it. Jesus says, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of the water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. You see, the reason the work of the Holy Spirit is so vital is this. It's only the Holy Spirit that can keep the promises of salvation strong in our hearts and can impart heaven's supernatural power to help you through the discouraging problems of this life. It's not complicated to experience the power of God in your life. It comes by simply asking on a daily consistent basis for His leading. He says, when you ask, you will receive. The exciting thing is this, that when you do ask, you will find it hard not to share with others what He has done in your life. Amazingly, by sharing with others what God has done for you individually, your own faith is strengthened. My friends, life changes entirely when we understand these things. Our Christian journey doesn't have a chance of becoming a Death Valley experience. When you choose to make it a rule to let the great Creator guide you in every affair of your life, you will become a different person. You will discover answers to questions you have previously searched for. It will give you a positive outlook in life and a peace that you have never encountered before. You will feel a success of accomplishment beyond anything that you've ever experienced. Please meet my friend Nina Kalatispe, who talks about what happened in her life when she deliberately allowed the Holy Spirit to lead her. I'm Nina Cladisby, and I'm a member of the Swinomish tribe, and I hold in my hand one of our cedar hats that we wear, and uh, the tribe has copied these hats, and 
put them down here at the beach for us all to enjoy uh, for memorial that we can come down here and have dinners and uh, celebrations down here. My husband Brian Cladisby of the Swinomish tribe is the chairman and he has a, a lot of responsibility and he takes time to worship the Creator God each and every day before he starts his day and that way he can be responsible for the tribe and make wise decision as he travels the nation um, doing his work for his tribe. Every week we keep a special day for God. It's called the Sabbath. Once a week in time we give back to him because we love him and he asks us to. It's one of his commandments. He wants us to keep one day in seven for him. And when I go into church, I pray for the Holy Spirit to fall upon me and the rest of the congregation because I want us all to have a special blessing. And I ask God to bless me and to bless, let me bless somebody that day because that's what the Sabbath is all about. On the Sabbath day, we make special time for the kids. We take them to the beach. They love to throw rocks in the water or we take them for a boat ride. We just do special things where they can enjoy the Sabbath and they can know that God loves them too. And we just love spending time with our family and being together for dinners and uh, laughing and enjoying each other's company. Because that's what the Sabbath is about, spending time. Spending time with God in the morning with spiritual food and then in the evenings with our family with physical food. We just love, we love being together and having God being right in the middle of us, having fun with us too. And when we go out into nature, after church and take time for God as a family. Sometimes we see deer, sometimes we see rabbits or eagles flying and it reminds me that God takes care of his creatures and he'll take care of me for the rest of the week and I don't have to worry because if he can take care of the wild animals he can take care of me and it just brings joy to my heart because I know he created them for my enjoyment. I was a Christian since 1988 and I thought I was a good Christian. I kept all of the commandments. I was at church every week, paid my tithes, and I thought I was perfect. I don't know how I lived before I started the prayer and the Bible study. It was all me, and I went to church every week, and um, it just isn't enough. We need more than that. There's more to it than that. It's about meeting with him each and every day and taking that time. So each and every morning I get up and I just take time. I uh, sit quietly by myself and read God's word and ask for the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And I just ask forgiveness of my sins, anything that would keep me from having a close relationship with him. And I just say, God, you're in control. You you move upon my heart. Teach me what I need to know today that I might reach out to others and they might know you better. That's what I want. I want them to know you too, God. And so each and every day that's what I do. I, I get up early and I make that a commitment that uh, he comes first to my life before anything else. Before my day starts, that's who I meet with God. And I ask him to lead me. Yes, this must be a daily matter. Without it, I if I miss one day, I don't feel that peace I had before because it's about Him and what He can do for us. And it's not fearful. Um, God loves us so much, but you need to have quiet time. It needs to be peaceful. You can't just expect to find God by um, 
just living life without meeting him in that quiet time. Nina's experience gives us a glimpse of what the Book of Heaven calls walking in the Spirit. This is what God wishes to see happen in all of us, to be growing in dependence on Him, which frees us from the judgment of sin. Here's one great thing about allowing the Holy Spirit to lead in our daily lives. God says that He promises that He'll make all things work out together for good. We know that God is able to bring something good out of every circumstance, as long as we trust Him and remain true to the purpose and direction for which He's called us. The Book of Heaven says, To God, who is able to do immeasurably far beyond what we can ask or think, and who wants to do even more for us by His power in our lives, to Him be the glory. What does it take to get back on track or to stay close to Jesus? It's simply our willingness and openness of trusting in the fact that God loves you more than you can know and by choosing to daily follow his leading. I'm reminded of a story of a native man who trained a dove to land in his open hand when he had it full of seeds. It amazed many people. One day, when he was showing off his trained dove, he started to tease the dove by closing his hand whenever the bird came. After a few times of the dove experiencing this trickery of him closing his hand, the dove flew up and left, never to come back again. You see, my friends, God isn't some sort of divine burglar that breaks into your heart to save you or to help you or to force you to be good. All he wants is an open, willing heart. But if you refuse to be open to the work of the Great Spirit, he has no choice but to depart from you. So as we deal with the discouragements and the struggles of life today, just remember, God's power is available to you now. You can be secure in knowing he will guide you out of sin's desert towards our eternal home. Friend, Let's determine to keep open to Him. When we do, our Christian experience will never run dry. And until the next time, let only the Good Spirit guide you.